Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome, Emily, to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here because I feel like we've spoken a lot actually in the DMs over time. And it's always so cool to put a face to a name, like officially meet you. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am thrilled and honored to talk to you today. Awesome. Okay. I know we have a lot to get through. So let's get into this. I think the best place to start would be you share kind of like from square one, how your food and body relationship started. How did things start to go downhill, let's say? Yeah, for sure. So it really started when I was 12 and I am 42 now. So that's 30 years, which Mm -hmm, is a shockingly long time. Um, And really, um, you know, there wasn't anything particular. I just started restricting um, for a lot of reasons, you know, like friends, dance, that's what grownups did, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, 12 is a really vulnerable age for girls. Like there's so much going on. There's so many emotional changes, physical changes. And so it's hard to trust your body when it's literally different every single day. Mm, Um, And so I think there was a lot of, um, you know, just trying to have some sort of sense of control over a really chaotic time, right? Which I think Mm -hmm. is is pretty normal and common. Um, So I was restricting pretty severely. And I also really wanted to hide it. And I think that's another thing that's really common is that Mm -hmm. you don't want anybody to know that this is what's going on. Um, And I actually ended up becoming a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for seven or eight years. Um, And I want to be clear that there are very, very good reasons to not eat meat or to limit your meat, Mm -hmm. meat intake. But for me, it was really just so I could have an excuse, excuse me, so I could have an excuse to not eat, right? So I could say, oh, I don't eat meat. So I can't eat that. I can't eat anything. Um, You know, I could just eat like a vegetable or something like that. Which is something Um, I see so much with clients as well. It's really interesting. And I was in the same boat as well. When I went vegan for a few years, I I was there for like, you know, the ethical reasons and the health reasons, like that's all amazing. But there was definitely that part of me that was just like, this is a great excuse to not eat like three quarters of the things on a menu. Right. Yeah. You And, you know, if you're in a social situation or a party or at school, you know, it's very easy to just to just pass and just mm-hmm. not eat. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So that's that's really where it all started for me. Mm-hmm. And so from there, how did things continue to go? Like, when did you start binge eating, let's say? Um. Yeah. So I don't remember specifically when I started binge eating Mm -hmm. um but pretty much like all of my 20s all of my 30s it was just diet after diet after diet like actually I think my first diet was probably when I was in high school but Mm -hmm. these were all just like super unsustainable right and so you know I would start a new diet and then I would go off the plan because it was so unsustainable 
and I would feel really bad about myself. And so then I would restrict even more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, it was definitely like that really restrictive period that then, you know, the next thing you know, you're sitting in your car eating a tub of cake frosting in the parking lot of the supermarket. Like, you know, that's, that's just how it goes. And so, you know, with each diet, each new diet, like the Mm -hmm. amount of time that I could stick to it before binging, it just got shorter and shorter and shorter. And like, sometimes I couldn't even make it through a whole day. Yes. Like I would, I would, you know, have this new plan and, you know, be so gung-ho about it. And I would make it to the end of the day and then, you know, just be like shoving food in my mouth that was either off plan or like full on binging. So. Mm. Oh, so familiar. Yes. And then that just like wears away at your self-confidence and yeah, just, it's just such a negative spiral. Uh, I'm curious to know how do you feel like growing up in like the nineties and the two thousands affected your food and body relationship? Yeah, for sure. So I feel like the nineties was like maybe a time when like diet culture really took off. So like the nineties was all about low fat. Everything was low fat. Everyone was eating. Like I remember my mom would eat grapefruit and low fat or fat-free breadsticks. And like that would be her meal. It's so sad. So sad. Oh man. Um, you know, like special K and skim milk and snack wells, you know, fat-free mm-hmm. cookies, like, you know, all of all of that stuff. So fat was really evil. And then like later in the 90s, like early 2000s, the pendulum totally went to the other side. So all of a sudden carbs were evil and, you know, everybody's wrapping their hamburgers in lettuce and Mm, all of that sort of thing. And then like a little bit later, like doing a cleanse became the thing to do, right? So you have to do like the master cleanse where you only have lemon juice and cayenne and pepper and, and all of this. And so, you know, all of these, they're like all totally different things, but they're all super unsustainable. Yes. Um, and so like also from like the perspective of like body type, like in the 90s, the, you know, there's always been a trendy body type, right? Yeah. Um, and there probably always will be like, that's not yeah. a thing that's ever going to change. But in the 90s, the trendy body type was like very, 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 very thin. Um And, you know, so that was all like really intense in the 90s. Um, So I think it was just kind of a particularly hard time to be growing up and to be trying to form a relationship with your body as it's changing, as you're entering into adulthood um, and really, you know, trying to to trust yourself in your relationship with food. So, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Especially trusting yourself when you're kind of being shoved in your face all of these different crazy diets and even thinking of those crazy diets how unsustainable and just bizarre so many of them are (laughs) they're just so bizarre like who thought of these (laughs) and then how hard would it have been to be doing those diets and then suddenly be like let's say you got to your dream body to then be like okay I'm done with this diet let me eat normally again like normal would feel so far away from those crazy diets Well, and the other thing is, I think that when you've been doing this for like so long, you don't know what normal is. Yes. Um, You know, if if you have been eating like a severely restricted diet 
and then binge eating or, you know, going back and forth between these crazy extremes of ways of eating um, for your literally your whole life. Like, what is normal? Like, you don't yeah. even have a concept of that. So that's mm-hmm. the thing that you have to really build. Yes, yes. That that's definitely when I work in a one-to-one setting with clients, something that they always say at the start, they're just like, I just don't know how to eat anymore. I just don't even know how to get there. Like I'm so confused. And yeah, it makes sense when you're just stuck between the two extremes for sure. And so, okay, so you're growing up in the 90s with these crazy diets and finding it tough to feel okay in your body. Where where did you get to sort of like a rock bottom or just at your worst? <laughs> yeah, I mean we love to hear the rock bottom story. <laughs> right. Um you know, I would say if I was going to tell one rock bottom story, yeah. it would be, okay, so, you know, the classic binge foods, right, are like very high calorie, very, um, tend to be sweet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I would say like, oh, I'm addicted to sugar, I can't eat sweets, because like, I would have that like, can't stop feeling. Yeah. So I would never keep anything sweet in the house, like mm-hmm. never, ever, ever. Um, and so... <laughs> for whatever reason, I needed a binge. And so I ate an entire head of broccoli, <laughs> just like sat down and ate an entire head of raw broccoli, raw. like oh dipping God. it, oh no, raw, like dipping it in a, in a jar of mayonnaise. Oh um, God. Because like, I, I, I didn't have any sweets, yeah, yeah. you know, I didn't have any chocolate. Um, and so I would say that if you want a rock bottom, <laughs> it's binging yeah. an entire head of broccoli. Yes. I bet um, you were just like, like, how, what were you thinking in that moment? Just sitting there eating broccoli. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like, you're not thinking, right? Yes. Like that's kind of the, I don't want to say that's the point, but that's, that's almost the aim mm-hmm. is to just, just shut it off. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you're just mindlessly or not mindlessly, but you're just kind of in a, a trance almost. Right. Yes. Um, and then you've eaten an entire head of broccoli and then you feel, first of all, very ill. Um, yeah. Don't don't recommend this. Um, <laughs> and then second of all, you know, just the self-loathing and the regret and the you start instantly planning. What am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to fix it? You know, mm-hmm. what what other crazy diet am I going to go on to make up for for this? Yeah. So. So true. The yes. amount of times, like I literally had a notepad that usually I'd use for school. It was like back when I was in university. And I swear every other page would just be this, like I would draw a calendar for the month and be like every day, with, what am I going to eat? How many calories will it be? And it was just, I wish I had some of those pages just to look back and like see how crazy and unrealistic they were. But I feel like when I look back on, you know, that planning moment after a binge, I feel like it almost gave you this sense of, I guess, control because you're like, okay, it, I've, I've got some plan here. And if I just stick to it, which literally never happens, but for some reason, every time <laughs> you're like, this will be the time I'll stick to it. And then it's like, okay, now I've got this sense of hope and like control over this situation. But obviously that just unravels, like, as you said, hard, hard to even keep up with it for a day. Like, it's just like yeah. the cycle continues. Yeah, absolutely. And so how was, let's fast forward to COVID times. How was the pandemic for you with food? Because I know for a lot of people, that was a difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. And I can completely understand why it's so hard or it has been so hard for so many people. 
interestingly for me, it, it was actually pretty good initially, mm-hmm. just in terms of like food and, and body and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I don't want to ever pretend like anything about the pandemic was yeah. good. Um, but, you know, there was maybe like a week, like the first week that, that I was in isolation of mm-hmm. just snacking all day because I was bored and lonely. You know, I was single at the time. I didn't have any housemates, like, you know, mm-hmm. really just alone a lot. But then it just kind of sorted out. Um, and one of the reasons I think is that, so before the pandemic, I was almost never at home. Um, I was almost always either at work. I was in law school at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I would, you know, I would be out with friends, something like that. So I was, I was really never at home. And one of the problems I've always had is overeating in social situations. So I, w- I want to be really clear that I'm not talking about like binging. I'm talking mm-hmm. about just eating past fullness, eating more than I needed to eat, more than my body physiologically needed mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, and so, you know, when I was around other people, I would, you know, go off my diet or I would overeat, you know, um, and I think a lot of it was like using the food or the alcohol to kind of cover up for social anxiety, mm-hmm. to try to con- try to connect with people a little bit. Right. Um, and, you know, I think there's also kind of that all or nothing thinking going on there where you're like, oh, this is a special occasion. So, you know, I'll go all out tonight and then I'll get back on the wagon tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so during 2020, I was actually eating quite a bit less because I wasn't out with friends in those social situations. Um, and I was also trying to take that time of isolation and kind of quiet and stillness to mm-hmm. be a little more mindful about what I was, um, you know, w- what I was putting in my body, how I was treating myself. And also going to the grocery store felt like this massive ordeal right and yeah. so I was like very carefully planning what I was gonna do buy when I did a food shop and all of that um so I was being really thoughtful um and really focusing on myself and how I was feeling and nutrition mm-hmm. and trying to find trying to find things I could do that still made me feel good since mm-hmm. it was a very weird and new time so initially it was actually pretty good I did actually lose a, a little bit of weight um mm-hmm. I think I was probably at what I would consider like my comfortable weight, like, you know, not, not too thin, Mm -hmm. not too, not too big, like kind of just my comfortable weight, like where my body feels like, yep, Mm -hmm. this is, this is good. This is where we want to be. But then like later in the pandemic, the fact that I was like way, way, way less active really started catching up to me. I had some health problems that made it really hard for me to be. Mm-hmm. active um I also started a new relationship and so um we were drinking a lot of beer because that was like one of you know one of the only we couldn't go out we couldn't go to right see a film or go to a restaurant um and so what we would do is we would just you know grab some you know a six pack of beer and like drive the truck to the beach or drive up to the mountains and like sit in the back of the truck and drink beer which sounds mm-hmm. like not the classiest thing, but it was actually, it was really fun, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I ended up, um, I, I did end up gaining back the weight that I had initially lost mm-hmm. uh, and then some more also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't really 
binging frequently anymore. Um, but I was definitely eating. I was overeating. Like I was eating way past the point of fullness at like every single meal. Um, okay. And I was eating a lot um, out of boredom because I was working from home. And if I was bored or if I was avoiding having to do a task for work, mm -hmm. I would just, you know, grab something and put it yeah. in my mouth and just start snacking for no reason. Yeah. Um, so it, it started out great and then kind of, kind of didn't end so well. <laughs> yeah, I think the boredom side of things, the work from home situation really was a problem for a lot of people. I know I definitely went through a few phases of that, even since moving to Barcelona, just because I'm, I don't have like my social group that I was used to around me. So there's definitely more boredom moments where I'm yeah. noticing, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to the kitchen literally just to fill in some time right now. Um, but so at what point did you decide, because I know you've done the 30 day reboot, you've got SFL as well. So at what point were you like, I'm going to do the 30 day reboot? Yeah. So, um, I had started kind of working on emotional eating, um, mm -hmm. really on my own. Like, you know, I, I, was really resistant to that for a really long time because I thought to myself like oh I'm not an emotional eater like if I'm truly upset like say uh, I'm going through a breakup or something like that mm -hmm. I just can't even eat like mm -hmm. you know so I thought oh that doesn't apply to me and I heard someone and I don't even remember where I heard this but I heard someone say emotional eating is eating for any reason other than your physiological hunger right and then I was like oh Mm -hmm. yes that is absolutely <laughs> me so I knew so at that point I knew that emotional eating was something that I wanted to work on but but deep down the reasoning was that I still just wanted to lose weight mm -hmm. uh, and so you know I was kind of trying to follow various people on Instagram and figure out how to do it and I think that's probably how I found you mm -hmm. um and so finally I you know was was learning about the 30-day reboot and um finally I decided like yeah okay like like let's go ahead and do this cool I'm excited that you did so tell us a little bit about it your experience yeah. on it how was like what were the obstacles you overcame how did things change what was the experience yeah so the biggest obstacle excuse me the biggest obstacle mm -hmm. was definitely letting go of weight loss as a goal mm -hmm. um you know when I started I was probably the heaviest that I had been in maybe 10 or 15 years mm -hmm. um you know so I was feeling really uncomfortable in my body at that weight um so it was really a little bit scary um I was scared that I was going to gain even more weight if I like wasn't constantly pursuing weight loss and constantly policing food. Right. Um, but I loved your guidance on saying, like, you can always come back to weight loss later. Like, you don't have to totally let go of that. You can mm -hmm. just put it on pause. Um, so that was so helpful to reframe it as you're just taking a little break. Like you're, you don't have to let go of that. You can still want it. You can still pursue it anytime. You're just setting it aside for a little bit. Um, 
So that really helped me get over that obstacle. Um, and then as far as like what some of the biggest uh, things that change some of the learnings, I mean, I don't know how long you have for this podcast. I'll try to <laughs> narrow it down a little bit. We've got time, we've got time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the first thing I would want to say though is I love how you, you know, it's called the 30 day reboot, but you give permission for it to take longer than 30 days, take as much time as you want. And why I love that is because there's no failure. Mm -hmm. If you don't work on it every day, or if it takes you more than a day to process whatever it is you're working on, or to practice whatever it is that, you know, is the focus for that day. Um, so that was so different from anything I had ever experienced, right? Because it's always like in this diet culture, it's always no excuses, no days off, yeah. no pain, no gain. Um, but I, exactly. just loved, yeah. I just loved that approach of you can put it down for a while, no sweat, you can pick it up later. I, I thought that was so brilliant. Um, so I think one of the biggest changes for me was really that mindset shift of no foods being off limits. So, you know, that that sounds really simple. Um, but after decades of cutting out this and that, and you can't eat sugar and you can't eat carbs and you can't eat, you know, anything too fatty or greasy and you have to eat clean, whatever mm -hmm. that means, um, you know, like almost nothing felt safe to eat. Um, and so now I just... I just eat whatever sounds appealing, whatever makes my body yeah. feel good. Like, y you know, um, I, I like never thought that I would cook pasta like ever really, but like yeah. I cook pasta like several times a week and you know what? Yes. Pasta is great. It's yes. delicious. It's cheap. It's fast. Like, yes, it's so it's fast. Brilliant. <laughs> it's so fast. It's, it's wonderful. Um, and what, so in, in terms of like so many foods not feeling safe to you, how did you take those steps? What was it in the course that helped you feel safe to try them? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I think that you have a really smart, fancy sounding word for it, like acclimatization or, or something like that. Habituation. Yeah. Habituation. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, it was the habituation. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, if, if cookies are the trigger for you, buy a box of cookies and just eat them mm -hmm. like you can eat one you can eat the whole box it's totally fine um and so just like realizing oh like this food there's nothing magical about it it doesn't have any special power it's just it's just a cookie like I can eat mm -hmm. it or I cannot eat it it's not really a big deal and just having that casual attitude towards food is just like, like, this is very major. This is groundbreaking, right? Because this is 30 years of being yeah. afraid of a cookie or afraid of a chocolate. Mm -hmm. And um, so like, like last month, I literally forgot that there was a box of chocolate in the house. Amazing. I, I completely forgot about it. And I like, you know, was was looking for something in a cupboard one day. I was like, oh, this is here. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I just put it back because I didn't want it right then. So like that was that was incredible because any other time in my life that I have had a box of chocolate in the house, I've eaten the entire box. It was like yeah. probably in my sitting. So 
No, that's so awesome. Yeah. When that started to happen to me too, I was just like, uh, this is crazy. Like how many days has this already been here? As same with you, as soon as I would buy one of these types of, you know, bad foods, it would be gone that day. Like there's no keeping up with the next day. And I remember I used to feel so jealous of my sister because she would just, she would like, we would go to, let's say a cupcake store in London. We'd both buy a cupcake and I was literally like eating it as soon as we got out of the store. And then she would just be like, she would have a nibble of it. And then we'd be heading home. We'd go shopping the whole day. We'd head home and she would still have this whole thing. And I'd be like, are you not going to eat it? And she's like, oh no, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm just not really interested right now. And then it's still there the next day. And I'm like, oh, I want it though. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be around people who, who would eat like that. And it was such a for, it was so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, I just didn't understand how they could possibly do that. So yeah, I literally thought that they were just a different type of person. Like, it was just never, that would not happen for me, but it does. So it's pretty cool. Change is always possible, as I always say. Like, sometimes we're so fixed in what we think is possible for ourselves because it feels so far away or we've been stuck this way for so long, but it's always possible to change. That's for sure. Um, and so you finished the 30-day reboot. And where do you feel like at the end of that? Like, what was the state of your food relationship at that point and body? Yeah, so um, my relationship with food was completely different. And, like, I think it's very important to, you know, take some notes or keep a journal or something like that because you can look back and remember, oh, that because it becomes, it starts to feel normal to mm -hmm. have that, like, quote unquote, normal relationship with food. You start to get really accustomed to that and you forget how far you've come. Um, so my relationship with food was just night and day different. Um, like I said, there was nothing bad. There was nothing off limits. There was nothing mm -hmm. scary. Um, I was learning. I'm still learning, actually. But mm -hmm. I was learning to, you know, just eat a little bit, see how you feel, check in. Maybe yeah. you want more, eat it. If you don't want more, no problem, no big deal. Um, and then as far as my relationship with my body, um, what I think was really helpful is that the program helped me dig in to like the the reason for, you know, why was I feeling this way? Because I think there was probably one time in my life where I felt like, okay, I'm thin enough now. Like mm -hmm. I don't need to lose any more weight. Mm -hmm. Like one time in my life. And I was probably underweight at that right. time, to be perfectly honest. Um, and so you know, I, it really helped me dig into like, where did this like fear come from? Like, why do I feel like my self-worth is so tied up in my appearance? And there's loads and loads and loads to unpack there. Mm. Um, but, you know, um, now I have so much more tenderness and compassion towards my body, no matter what it looks like, mm -hmm. you know, so if my belly is round, not a problem. Mm -hmm. um, I think also the body uh, is it the body image boost? Is, mm -hmm. is that the yeah. correct name? Yeah, those body image boost meditations. I yeah. think those also really help. And I actually still do. I do oh. still listen to them when like maybe I'm having a day where I just yeah. I don't have a lot of confidence or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm feeling like I don't really like the way my body looks today. Um, so I listen to those a lot when when I'm having a, a, a rough day in terms of That's in terms true. of body image. But I would say in general, um, you know, it's just, it's 
um, it's more of a partnership, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, oh, like we are here together, me and my body. It's not a battle. Like, I don't have to constantly be like tricking my body or hacking anything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's it's finding that ease and that comfort in just being in your in your own skin, really. Yes, yes, it's so true about that word of the the tenderness idea. It's just for years you're constantly like strategizing how can I fix my body what do I need to do to quickly change it what extreme thing can I do but yeah we just sort of forget that we're just I it was it was actually someone who did body love academy who once told me that they kind of had this mini epiphany where they're like it's not my body it's my buddy like we're my body is my buddy (laughs) for life like we're in this together let's work together and be kind to each other (laughs) I love that Yeah, I thought that was really cute. I'm going to pause right there for a minute to share something with you. So if you've been listening so far and feel like you're ready to start your recovery journey with me, I've got the perfect springboard. That is my free masterclass, Why You're Still Binge Eating and How to Stop. It's a 35 minute free video masterclass where I'll walk through all of the reasons you might still be binging. Then I'll give you three actionable steps to stop binge eating. So if you're looking for actual results in your life, want to never binge again, trust me, I know the feeling, I was stuck for 10 years doing that, then head to the show notes to get instant access today. I'll also gift you something for joining me at the masterclass, but I'll leave that surprise for you to find out for yourself. Life is just so damn short and it's not worth feeling so miserable, unhappy, unhealthy with binging taking over. So watch the masterclass today to start your new life. Okay, let's get back into the show. So you got to that point where you're feeling better about food, starting to feel more tender towards your body. And then at what point did you decide to move to SFL? Yeah, so it was probably, so it took me about two or three months to go through the 30-day reboot, Mm -hmm. um, which again, I want to reiterate, like we're talking about 30 years of a certain way of, you know, having a certain relationship with food, having a certain relationship with your body. And for that to change in just two months is, is really incredible. Um, and so then it was probably three or four months, maybe a little bit longer than that, three or four months later, where I was feeling like everything I had learned in the reboot was pretty stable mm-hmm. and I still wanted to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it wasn't something that I was stressed out about. It just, it just was like, it was just something that I yeah. wanted to do. Um, and so that's when I decided like, you know, I love Freed. I loved her first <laughs> program. So let me try her next one. Yeah. And so how did it go? Tell us a little bit about the experience. I think also particularly, I mean, obviously I'm interested in hearing the physical differences that it might've brought about, but to me, like, honestly, my biggest goal with SFL was to help people change their mindset towards weight loss. So I'm definitely even more curious about that side of it for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the huge mindset changes was something that you teach, uh, which is let it be easy. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need this stress of forcing something super restrictive, something unsustainable, maybe something you don't even enjoy, right? Yeah. You know, if you if you hate eating 
butter and meat and cheese every day, but you're still trying to do keto because you think like, that's how you lose weight. Like that's, that's not going to be enjoyable. Yeah. Like it can, it can be very enjoyable. It can be very calm. It can be mm -hmm. very easy. Um, the other mindset shift was that it's not as if any one thing you eat, any one meal, even any one day is make or break. Mm. Um, you know, it's not that high stakes. And so that removes a lot of pressure to just be comfortable and, you know, calm about it and not be super stressed, not say, oh my God, I ate a cookie. The day is ruined. The diet is ruined, like any of that. Um, and I also like, I just use the word diet, but it's very undiety. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the other thing. Like, what I really appreciate is that you really highlight that there are loads of ways that people have lost weight. Mm -hmm. There are loads of them. And you don't need to pick one that's going to be uncomfortable with you, with your mm -hmm. lifestyle. Pick one that's, um, you know, instead of, of picking one that's, that's not in sync with who you are and what kind of life you want to have, pick one that, let me start over. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, um, you know, there, there are loads of ways to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and what you coach in the program is to first start by writing out what your non-negotiables are. And so like, for me personally, my non-negotiables were, I wanted to have supper with my partner every night. So I wanted mm -hmm. to, you know, not have to eat like a smoothie when he was eating pasta. Right. right. Like I, wanted, right. I wanted to share a meal every night. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I wanted to have flexibility for, you know, when, when things are different, you know, you're on vacation, something yes. is different. Something else comes in up in your life. Like, you know, your, mm -hmm. your eating changes. So I wanted to have flexibility there. Um, and that that was totally fine. And you didn't need to let go of those things um, in order to actually lose some weight. So, so I would say that that was probably one of the most unique and, mm -hmm. and different things about it than anything else I, I had tried to lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not, it's not driven by fear or desperation. Um, it's not like this all-consuming thing that needs to be central in your life. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, your life doesn't need to revolve. Even if you're actively trying to lose weight or lose mm -hmm. fat or whatever it is, if you're trying to change your body composition, that does not need to be the center of your life. And in fact, if it's not the center of your life, it's actually, ironically, way easier. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Truly. It's just like the less it's, it's yeah, ironically, the less attached you are to something, usually the easier it all becomes. Yeah. When it becomes like, hey, it's no big deal. Yeah. Then it's very uh, comfortable and very simple. So. Yeah. And exactly the same with just the food relationship, like a 30 day reboot, the whole no big deal mindset. Even I know this, um, a lesson in the reboot where I talk about later, especially once your binges start becoming less intense, or even if you're overeating, just to have that mindset of like, there's no big deal, not even having to call it this like catastrophic binge. Oh my God, it's ruined everything. It's just like, you know what? No big deal. Let's just move on and things just get easier that way. 
um, and also regarding the the idea of you know doing something that fits into your lifestyle in SFL I love that study that I mentioned in the course about you know that group of people I think it was like several thousand people who had successfully lost weight and kept it off for I think it was at least six years and the main factor that they said that helps them do that was literally choosing a method that you actually enjoy like so it's something it's just easy because the easier something is with any habit any behavioral change the more successful you're going to be yeah absolutely and so how did SFL go physically um yeah so physically it went pretty well I um I still have um about maybe like 10 pounds to lose Mm -hmm. if I want maybe not I don't know I could just stay here too um before I'm where I feel like is my most comfortable weight Mm -hmm. but you know right now I'm wearing my smallest jeans and they fit (laughs) they fit Mm -hmm. a little tighter than than they (laughs) might otherwise but they they fit and they're comfortable like it's not like yeah Every time I sit down, I have to be like, um, unbutton them. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, so so I definitely lost some weight, and then I actually, um, for a couple months, I actually have been on a break. Mm-hmm. So I, this was during the holidays. Um, I started feeling a little bit um, more like I was getting a little bit more concerned about what I was eating. Mm-hmm. I was starting to, you know do the emotional eating again mm-hmm. was, um, you know, feeling a little bit more like desperation of like, Oh, but I, you know, I've lost weight. I really need to keep it off. Right. Um, and so instead of doubling down, I just, st- I stepped back. Yes. Um, and so I took a break for, I guess it's probably been a few months now. Um, mm-hmm. and it was no big deal. Like I didn't feel like a failure. It was just that something needed some more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back through, like, went back through the reboot content. I looked back through my notes on mm-hmm. from that time and worked on touching up things, like, you mm-hmm. know, particularly that all or nothing thinking, which yeah. for, for me, that's really a powerful one um, yeah. to, to let go. And, you know, just really being like, yeah, these, these are just some old habits that, I don't need anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes time to, you know, re- rewire those neural pathways. Um, yes. And it's not, you know, progress is not linear, right? It's up and down, it's back and forth, but like the trend is, is positive. Um, exactly. So right now I am back in, I guess, the priming phase where mm-hmm. I'm, you know, making sure I feel calm, making sure there's not that desperation um, and really, I've been focusing on kind of getting my routines down. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that uh, you teach that I love is is that like like setting your morning routine, and that's mm-hmm. such a big. It has such a big impact. Like I cannot overstate how key that is. Um, and you know, at first I was like, oh well, I'm gonna meditate for five minutes before I get out of bed, or you know, I had, I, it turns out I am not the person who meditates mm-hmm. for five minutes before she gets out of bed. It wasn't working for me. It felt like work. It felt yeah. hard. Like I didn't like yeah. it. So that was, you know, that was not something that fit into my morning routine, but, mm-hmm. you know, setting, setting an alarm and then not hitting snooze 10 times or not 
scrolling through your phone for the next half hour and then like frantically having to get making sure I'm drinking water, making sure that I'm creating like a lifestyle that I like, like making Mm -hmm. sure I'm doing things that feel good. Like, am I moving my body in a way that feels good or am I just lying on the sofa all day? Yes. So that's what I've been focusing on now. And I've been doing that for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm planning actually next week to start a new four week cycle. So I'll do like three weeks on on the plan. Mm -hmm. And I don't even like to call it a plan, but I'll do I'll do three weeks on. Yeah. And then the fourth week will will be a break. Um, And like that's that periodization that I think is also so important and so helpful for me personally, again, with the all or nothing thinking yeah. of, you know, you don't have to constantly be on, like yeah. you can take a pause. And it's also, um, it was also really important for me to learn about how physiologically your body needs a break from constantly being in a deficit. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. been trying to eat in a deficit for 30 years, say, um, it's it's not that easy on your body, right? So yeah. if you take the time to eat regularly and you know kind of reset things a little bit, then you can go into that deficit for a time and then come out of it and relax a little bit and then go back in and come out like as you need to. Yes, yes. I think also taking those breaks helps you with not getting trapped into that mindset of like, okay, I've already lost five pounds. Let's just keep going. And then we'll lose 10 pounds. And, and then you sort of like get into this, like feeling of success is always losing weight and anything less is like, you're not, you you always need to be making progress. So I think it just gives you that reminder that like, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to get to some point where you're actually going to want to maintain your weight and you need to be able to feel normal doing that as well. That was honestly like, I wish someone had said to me back when I was obsessed with losing weight, that like, just stop (laughs) just give yourself a break for it one second because yeah for me it was literally must have been at least eight maybe 10 years of every day the goal the main goal of every day was lose weight (laughs) yes every single day and you like you are devoting so much mental energy to this it's really shocking when you sit down and how many times today did I think about I have to lose weight I have to lose weight I hate my body I hate the way I look like how much time and mental energy did you spend on that that you could have spent on maybe something that you enjoy and makes you feel good Mm -hmm. yes exactly no it's just crazy looking back how much it took of my life honestly but um so like there was one other thing I wanted to say something to do with the I forgot anyway (laughs) so so tell us where you're at now and maybe actually forget that okay (laughs) so tell us if you could go back to you know tell that version of yourself maybe like I don't know 18 20 25 some advice what would you tell her oh my gosh that poor girl um so first of all I would tell her and I was actually looking back at some old photo I'm I have my 20-year college reunion which Mm -hmm. wow that nothing makes you feel old, like those words coming out of your mouth. Um, I have my 20-year college reunion in May. And so I was looking back at some photographs from when I was in college with my friends. And I would tell that girl, dude, you are thin. 
Like yeah. you look great. So first of all, there's that. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I thought, I thought I was so fat and so horrible looking. Yeah. And yeah. I'm looking back at this picture. Like I was actually shocked at how I looked great. <laughs> <laughs> I, because what I have is I have that memory of feeling like I looked horrible mm-hmm. when that was so far from the reality. Um, Probably so, no thanks to the growing up in the nineties. Right, right. I I was you know I was I was slender. I was not rail thin. I was mm-hmm. not model. I was not supermodel thin. But I looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing that I would say, and I would actually say this to anybody who is listening to this, is do you still want to be doing this when you're in your 40s? Like, is this still, is is this what you wanna do for the next 20, 30 years? Mm-hmm. Or do you, want it, do you want it to be different? Um, because I think that we have this, when we're in this binge restrict cycle, we have this idea of, well, I'm just going to lose the weight and then I'll be done. Like, I just need to lose five pounds and then I'm done. Or I just need to lose the 10 pounds or however many pounds. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that that's not it. You have to live the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you have to decide, how do I want my life to look? Do I want my life to look like I wake up every day and whether or not I have a good day depends on how fat my belly looks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know whether or not I have a good day depends on if I eat something or don't eat something um, rather than filling my life with things that are actually enjoyable mm-hmm. right and I, I actually find food very enjoyable I love food I love cooking um, and so you know you can you can choose to have this battle of like oh I love the food but then also I need to be thin. And mm-hmm. so you think of these as two things that can't coexist. Yeah. But actually they can. Like you can enjoy food and you will actually enjoy food probably way more when you're not wrapping it in all of this emotional baggage. Um, if you're just like, yes, it's just a cookie and I like cookies, so I might mm-hmm. eat one. Or maybe I don't feel like eating one right now. It's not a problem. It doesn't need to be so dramatic. Yes, wise words. No, I love that perspective of do you want to be doing this in 20 years? Because as you said, I feel like people think I'm just going to I'm just going to lose the weight, everything will be sorted out, but not really realizing that in this process of being so focused on weight loss and on food that that food relationship isn't going to snap back to being normal even if you did lose the weight and get there. Like there's work to be done to restore balance and like health with your food relationship. And how about what what advice do you feel like yourself in like five years would be giving you now? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think that my five year from now self would be pretty proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the last, it's been almost a year since I did the reboot. And I think in the last year, I've I've really come so far. I've changed so much. Um, in terms of trusting myself and all of that. I think there's there's still some work to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I mentioned before, there's kind of those, you know, you, you slide backwards a little bit into those old patterns, you know. Um, 
So I think that my future self would just say, you know, trust neuroplasticity, like trust that you can change, you know, even if you're struggling with something now, Mm -hmm. you can change it, like you can change the way that you think about things. Um, And so I would say, you know, trust neuroplasticity is one of them. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that my future self might say, like, you're on the right path, just keep going. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard sometimes when you might gain a little weight or you might, um, you know, have like a mess up, like, you know, the other day I overate some chocolate Mm -hmm. and my first thought was like, oh crap, like I've done it again and it's all ruined. Right. And, and then like that that other part of myself came in Mm -hmm. and said, actually, you just ate a little bit too much chocolate. And so maybe you won't be very hungry later in the day. And it's not really a big deal. Yeah. Like we can, we can just keep going. Like we don't need to, we don't need to perseverate. We don't need to get obsessed with this thing that happened. It's just a thing that happened. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Love that advice. And okay, so I mean, that was awesome. I loved hearing the whole story from start to end. It's just, it's always just interesting to hear someone else's story. One, because there's usually so many similarities, but also differences as well. And um, I'm sure everyone's loved listening to, you know, hearing someone who's a bit further along in their journey like you, because I think those people who are earlier at the start, you know, in that state where you're in like a dark place and you're feeling pretty hopeless it's always so cool to see someone's story um, and just see kind of like the steps along the way and to see, oh, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't linear, but it's possible. Like that's always awesome to see. Um, And so to anyone listening, Emily, if you, if you want to talk to her, she's more than happy to be put in contact with you. So if you're interested in talking to her one-to-one, like by email or something, just drop me a DM on Instagram at free with breed. So yeah, that's it. It was great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It is truly my pleasure. And thank you so much for everything you have done. You've literally changed my life. Oh my God, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. And thank you to everyone listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life. Change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. I'm always open for feedback. And let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast, because after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you next time.